Hey friends, this is Megan Pittman, your host for this season of the Millennial Pastor Podcast. First, I just want to say thank you so much for those who have listened and responded this season. I want to say thank you to all of the guests who were willing to be interviewed. Uh, just wanted to do a little bit of a wrap-up episode. Um, it is coming to you a bit late, uh, just finishing up the end of the year. Um, it's <laughs> It's crazy how things just kind of keep happening and then you forget to do things. And uh, I just wanted to share a little bit about what I learned this season as well as a little gift to all of you at the end of this year. Um, the best bits or the what do you want the audience to leave with moments um, that our guests were so gracious to share with us. In doing this season, I uh, was a bit out of my depth. I've never um, recorded podcast. I mean, I've recorded podcasts, but I've never been the one doing the recording. Um, it's been an adventure. It's been fun to learn something new. Um, it's been a joy to collaborate with other pastors and leaders and artists and um, working with uh, my friend Josiah as he's been so patient in <laughs> receiving the episodes as I've been making them. Um, it's interesting that as this season progressed, I was caught off guard by a consistent theme that came up um, in many of the conversations, even though totally different um, people, totally different backgrounds, some from the Church of the Nazarene, others not, um, a wide variety in uh, age and training and experiences. And among all those things, there were some really beautiful common threads that came up, um, one being stewardship. Um, which I thought was so beautiful and really a call to all people, regardless of the way they are creative, um, that as image bearers of God, we are called to use and utilize our giftings. And while that may be some of uh, those who are listening, some of our jobs, um, it doesn't have to be a job necessarily. Um, I think about um, how uh, so many of our guests were coming from places where they might not have considered themselves a creative particularly. But in our conversations, they were uh, allow they kind of allowed themselves to explore that part of their identity. Um, and I just I, I really appreciated that and and was encouraged in my own creativity and my own uh, calling and 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 just joys and passions too. I think sometimes with creativity, um, especially in a day and age where everything feels like it needs to be monetized or turned into a product, um, especially those who are in church ministry where we're really fighting not to do that. <laughs> um, that means a lot. And another thread that I saw come up was posture or where the heart is, um, whether it's working with volunteers, whether it's developing ourselves and finding humility in the work that we do um, from places of leadership, um, that our intention matters and that our time with God one-on-one -on -one matters and it affects the way we do things. Um, and there's just, there's so many things that have come up that have been encouraging to me and I hope encouraging to you who have listened. Um, and I'd love to wrap up this season with um, what I'm going to call the best bits podcast, where I share with you, the listener, just uh, snippets from the end of each podcast, where I ask each guest um, what they want the listener to leave with. 
Um, and so I give you the best bits as the final episode of this season of the Millennial Pastor Podcast. Episode 2 featuring Pastor Janae Meyer. I would want people to to look beyond like their own their own perspectives I guess to look at look at art that's different from their normal to look to to even um yeah, to look beyond their own experiences with art and look for more diverse diversity. Because I think that we can learn a lot when we're listening to other people and we see how other people worship God. Because um, I think too often we think that our way is the right way and the best way and the only way. Um, and that's how we end up with like the formulaic three songs in the sermon. Um, but yeah, I think we worship a God who created so much diversity um, that it's an it's an expression of worship to to listen to other people, to sit in the 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 second seat, to to sit in the silence of giving other people the the foreground, and yeah. Episode three featuring Josh Miller. I really, I often think about stewardship and I think I kind of alluded to it earlier, but I think about that parable where the different people, the different servants did different things with what they were given. Some buried it, some multiplied it and some, you know, I think it's a stewardship thing for all types of creatives. And I don't mean stewardship in it's got to be like the most famous work of art the world has ever seen. And if you don't do that, then you're a failure. I'm saying like what you, what you invest, how you invest your time. Like I, I am really, I am a huge believer that if God has given me the desire and the ability to sing or write, then I need to be doing it because I don't want to go to heaven one day. I'm going to be held accountable for how I steward my time. And so I just want to encourage creatives to steward your time, um, rearrange your schedule to make sure you're doing what God created you to to do. Because not only will it give you more fulfillment but the people around you will will be enriched by your creativity and it is a it is a service sometimes creativity is a is a service thing it's like i'm providing a service that blesses people and then it also blesses you and and you are stewarding your time well so i would just say steward your time um if you haven't pulled out your paint brushes and a year get those things out and start painting again start 
um, start writing again, start hosting more people at your house because you're good at it. You know, like, I think it's a stewardship thing that I want to say. And then I think the second thing is don't underestimate, um, if you're in a church context, don't underestimate the power of, of setting a table for creatives. I'm always thinking about what are our songwriters doing? Who hasn't been pulled in recently to, to write? Um, we do a, a songwriting day once a month for all of our campuses. Anyone is welcome to come and write. And yesterday, there was only four of us that showed up. But it was such a beautiful time writing that song. And set a table. If God's stirring that in you, even as you listen to this right now, you might be feeling a stirring to do that. I think that's the second thing is set a table for the creatives in your church to bring their creativity and their talents. Episode four with Victoria Sabingo. Oh, absolutely. It's one yeah. in this. That's so crazy that that's the same thing. It is the loving same God thing. and loving people is the same that you cannot have one without the other. Yeah. But you need to live out of the identity of who you are because yeah. what I've noticed when I'm insecure, when I'm not, for lack of not to be too Christian y, but life in the spirit, if I'm not living immersed in my kingdom identity, what am I operating out of? Insecurity, my own, you know, because I don't know who I am. You know, and I feel like, you know what I mean? So when you operate as a child, you walk in to his presence. You, you, you care about what he says about you more than what people do. Mm-hmm. And that informs how you treat your volunteers, how you, you know what I mean? So I'd say focus on your identity first as a child of God and don't operate out of insecurity because that, that's, a, that's a false identity in my opinion. And I did that for years. I was like, it needs to be perfect. It needs to be like that, you know, because I felt like I had to earn God's love. That's a flesh thought. A love thought is like, you know what, God, I did the best with what I have. I only have a piano today. And God's like, okay, I still love you, kiddo. Yeah. I love hearing you sing to me. I'm like, okay, God, here's the piano with the. And that's what simply worship, at least, has taught me, is that God just wants to be with me, you know. And and me knowing that gives me more grace and love for other people and how I interact with them. So it's it's the direct tie of who I am. That song, Seen and Known and Loved, is is literally what came to mind. Heaven knows who I am. I am loved by the Father. Mm. And if the world is in his hands, I have nothing to fear. Ooh. So if we operate out of that identity, yeah. you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. You know, people yeah. treat you well, don't treat you well. That's not who I am. Yeah. You know, heaven knows who I am. So, no. and that's through intimacy. You only develop that through intimacy, through, and what is intimacy? Sometimes you argue, sometimes you get along, sometimes you don't. You're literally naked before the other person for better, for worse. But it's in that like, oh, look at me. I'm so sinful. I have all these things that you're also loved. Yeah. So it's like, but that there's a lot of shame in that. And I experienced this too, of feeling like, God, you can't see my, you know, my dirty laundry. Like you can't see my mess. And he's like, it's in you showing me your mess, your insecurity, your pain. That's when I show you, you're also loved and you are forgiven as well. So it, it needs to happen in this very holy place, which is in his presence. That's where we experience the fullness of who we are. And then as we get filled, we then 
spread the gospel through through that fullness. And that's what Jesus came. He came, gave us the Holy Spirit so that we can then go out and spread that hope, spread that identity. Because people do it all the time. Like they get addicted to drugs, alcohol, you know, all these different addictions because we're operating out of Money, orphan ego, and identity, position. Yeah. yeah, you need status. And then it doesn't matter if my church has 50 people. When you operate out of a daughter mindset or a son mindset, it could be 50 people in the congregation. I'm still loved. You know what I mean? You you don't really look at those things anymore is what I'm finding. If it's two people watching, if the cords are perfect or if not, I do the best with what I have. Yeah. But ultimately yeah. my identity rests in the father. If I'm, a, if, and that will work if you're, and that needs to happen if you're at a church of 60,000 or if you're a church too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Identity allows you to basically serve the father in either one. So it's, I think that's the crucial piece because you see more time and time again, leaders operating out of orphan mindsets and that leads to manipulation. That leads, that is the fruit of the flesh. But when we're filled with the spirit, then there's love, joy, peace, patience, but you can only be filled with the spirit. If you're with the spirit, if you're in intimacy with him through worship, which happens to be one of those ways. And you have to be vulnerable and lay aside because it's so interesting. Why did Adam and Eve walk away from God's presence when they sinned? You would think that you make a mistake, you would go to your father's arms, but they, they, they went the other direction. And how many times do I do something bad? I'm like, no, God doesn't want to see me. That's exactly the time that you need to see it the most is when you are vulnerable, when you're in pain. It's there that you find out who you are. And God's like, yeah, you sinned. Yeah, you made a mistake. Yes, you did this. But you are still loved. And I forgive you. We need to have more of that resurrection death happening often in our daily living through the intimacy of worship. Episode 5 Pastor Brent Neely. That's part of what the church is trying to do. That's trying to reveal a world beyond what we see around us. Um, when it utilizes beauty and symbols and icons, and you know, when when it uses things to point beyond itself, um, using liturgical colors to shape us into the rhythm of the year. Uh, not the calendar year, but but the liturgical year, the the life of the Je- or the life of Jesus and the life of the church, and so, you know, I think, I think the church, at least the Church of the Nazarene, you know, the denomination that, for good or for ill, um, that I'm a part of, that I'm, I'm in. Um, I think we are at a good place that if we want to, we can really begin to shape people by the stories we tell and by the beauty that we use. Um, Unfortunately, I I think we focus too much on some of the ugly. Um, You know, there's one leader who likes to point out what other people are doing wrong. And I've often told him, it's like, hey, sorry. (laughs) Um, you know and i've often tried to tell him like hey i get that you think that's an ugly narrative instead of crapping on it saying how ugly it is offer somebody a a more beautiful narrative like 
Like you're going to get more people attracted by saying, look at how beautiful this is than by saying, look at how ugly that is. You know, like, tell me how good Papa John's is. Don't tell me how crappy Domino's is. You know, <laughs> not that either of those are really that good. No, but, yeah. That's... yeah. So I, I think we're in a really good place that we, we have people that are hungry for holiness and for a different narrative than what the world is offering. In that if we do a bit of self-reflection and we listen to some people that know what they're talking about, I think we can we can live into a life of beauty and a life of holiness and and having good worship is a key part of that. Um I I'm not always thrilled with where we're at and the stories that we tell. But I really do think that things like this, by having people talk about where they're seeing beauty, um, and hopefully we can invite people to to do more of that, like, like show me what's beautiful, tell me what's beautiful, Um, because I think that's what art is, revealing the beauty of things, Um, you know, kind of those three main questions, is it good, is it true, is it beautiful, like, people often forget the is it beautiful, you know, the gospel yeah, this is good news and this is true. But if you're telling an ugly version of it, it's no longer good or true. Mm. Um, so how can we, how can we make sure that we're we're spreading a beautiful thing? Episode six with Bethany Phillips. Just keep going. Um, keep going Uh, yeah like my uh, student pastor is uh, still student pastoring Um, I'm in my early 40s and he is in his mid 60s and um, I am so thankful for his tenacity and resilience to be a student pastor for these 40 something years. Um, and I mentioned him because uh, several, several months ago, I'd had a very hard conversation and he I always call. It's been fun for him to be my pastor and now my friend and still pastor me as a friend. And um, I just called and I was like, you know, I, he is a safe space. You know, what gives? Why are they like this? Blah. You know, you can be your full sin self with somebody that's known you since you were 13. And uh, so I don't have to really explain a whole lot. And he lets me get it all out. And he kind of got quiet on the phone. And I said, are you there? Are you listening to me? And he was like, he said, yeah. He said, I, can I ask you a question? And I said, yeah. And he said, are you called? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, sir. And he goes, yes, sir. <laughs> he, he said, okay, then. He said, well, then keep going. Yeah. He said, just just keep going. And I don't know what it is, but there was a switch that just flipped of that reminder of just keep going. So I would say to anybody in a creative space and a non-creative space in the church, people are people and uh, people come with a lot of stuff and keep going. Just keep going. If you are called, and I would make the argument that we are all called 
Um, that doesn't mean it has to be a, to a creative space, but we're all called there to the places, the people and the spaces that God has given us. And are we willing to walk out a life of worship in front of those people? Um, just keep going. It seems like it's not doing a lot, but it is. And um, maybe you're finding yourself just kind of headbutting against people that don't want faith or people that don't want you personally or people that um, are frustrated or fixated on their own desires and you're just kind of a speed bump in their path. And I would just encourage you to please, please, please keep going. The kingdom of God doesn't need you. It wants you. And uh, we want you and we want you to be a part of this. So um, just whatever you do, whatever you do, just just keep going. Episode 7 with Sadie Shapovalo. The reality is like, God is in it all. Absolutely. We're going to go back to creativity. And like, you know, when I said you walk outside and, and God has a living painted picture all around us. Yeah. That's the same with each person, each culture. Like we all are the creative expression of God. And so how one person or culture worships and it looks very different from us in the dancing and all that. And Nazarene, we don't do a lot of that dancing. Um, but it's beautiful to God. We're allowed to now. <laughs> we're allowed to sway now. <laughs> um, but the point is like, it's if harsh, if worship is a posture of the heart, yeah. no matter how we're doing it, it's for God to God and God sees the heart. So if you're in a performance, God sees the heart. And if you're in leading the congregation, God sees the heart. If you're in Africa, God sees the heart. Like, um, even if we do it all the right ways here in our church and the way we're supposed to do it and our heart is filthy and nobody else sees it, God does. Yeah. And, um, and that's one of those things. Like it, it is a posture of our heart. So however it comes across to other people who we are ultimately worshiping is God. Mm-hmm. And so he'll be the one that sees that. Well, you heard it, friends. Um, Really so much wisdom and insight in this episode, just even in these little tidbits um, at the end of each of our episodes. If this scratched an itch for you or maybe uh, gave you some life or encouragement that you didn't even know you needed, um, please go back and listen to these episodes. Um, They're chock full of laughter and wisdom and um, lots of back and forths between myself and each of our guests. I just want to personally say thank you for a great season. And if you would like to uh, support this podcast, you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. You can um, share a review. We would really like some reviews um, because that helps us know what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy. Um, But overall, just want to say thank you for a great season. I had a lot of fun. I hope that for those of you who listened along, you were able to learn something, be encouraged, feel less alone, and be inspired to be the creative that God has made you to be. Uh, Signing off here, again, I've been Megan Fitman, hosting Season 11 of the Millennial Pastor Podcast, and make sure to stay tuned for our awesome next season. The Millennial Pastor Podcast was created and produced by Byron Certain and Josiah Jones. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, then please be sure to rate, review, or subscribe and visit themillennialpastor.com for more podcasts like it.